Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited that you're able to join us today, and I value your time very much. I'd like to invite you to become a follower and supporter of the Growing Band Orchid podcast. Now, I'm sure you already listen to the show, and you've got some friends that are listening as well, and we really, really, really appreciate that. So if you keep that up, that'd be awesome. But we've now started growingband.com, which is a new website for us, and there's lots of ways you can interact with us. You can follow us on social media channels, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube by going on growingband.com and clicking on any of those to follow us. You can also find on there now a new merchandise store, which is the Growing Band Director Podcast logo and some sayings on lots of different items on there for men and women. And um, there's things from t-shirts and sweatshirts to other clothing and accessories, lots of different options on there with lots of different sizes and colors. Again, a little bit of that money comes back to us at the podcast to help us keep some content going for you. Finally, I'd like to invite you to become a Patreon member. This is a listener-supported show, which means we don't take any ads besides this one. Instead, we rely on listeners like you to keep us going, right? The way to support us um, is by going to growingband.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. And you can choose either $5 a month, $3 a month, and you'll gain access to the episode notes as well as an audio file of every episode we've done. Among other things, this is where you'll find our repertoire list and all the different repertoire podcasts we've done in the past and will do in the future. So whether it's by clicking on Patreon, um, following us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, um, going to the merchandise store on growingband.com and ordering something for yourself or some family or friends, um, and also sharing the show with some other people, we really, really appreciate you being part of the show. And please reach out at any point. And uh, there's a way to do that on growingband.com as well on the contact us button. Uh, Anyways, let's get to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Growing Band Director podcast. My name is Kyle Smith, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Jeff Smith. Our mission is to share practical advice and explore topics that will help every band director, no matter your experience level, as well as music education students who are working to join us in the coming years. Together, we will discuss many aspects of a well-rounded band program, but most importantly, we will discuss concepts that help us all improve our own programs each and every day. Always remember the famous quote by Ray Kroc, when you're green, you're growing, and when you're ripe, you rot. Let's get started. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, episode 42 of the Growing Band Director podcast. Very excited to have Michelle Fernandez with us from Miami, Florida, right in uh, Hurricane Alley, sort of, if you if you will. Um, and we're going to be working on a, a podcast called The Emotionally In Tune Band Director. Um, Michelle, how are you today? How are you holding up? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. We uh, Luckily, we were... Uh, very much not in the storm's path. I mean, we got some heavy rain um, that was pretty cool to look at through panoramic windows, but that's about it. I mean, mostly our concerns were for our friends that were living north of us. They definitely got hit much harder. Mm-hmm. So luckily we're getting all kinds of messages that everybody's okay. And um, they've just got a big mess to clean up. So our biggest mess was having to clean up paw prints from three muddy dogs because they had to, you know, stay inside all day because of the rain. That's well, pretty much all of our cleanup. Well, while prayer is going down that way, hopefully everybody is continuing to be safe as we go through this. You've been in Miami a long time. 
right? Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you tell us yes. a little bit about your background as a teacher and what you do? My senior year at UF, which is definitely a twist of fate. My senior year at UF, I got a phone call while I was vacuuming my room, and interestingly enough, it was my high school band direct. Uh, I'm sorry, my high school principal, Diego Garcia. And it was interesting because I hadn't heard his voice in four years. But, you know, musicians, we can identify, you know, people's voices very easily. So anyway, the first thing out of my mouth was, Mr. Garcia, how'd you get my number? I didn't even say hi. The vacuum was still running. And then he laughed and he said, well, you're the only Fernandez in the Gainesville phone book. (laughs) So um, this was like further north. It definitely wasn't Miami. Mm -hmm. And basically he offered me the job because my old band director was leaving to become a principal elsewhere. So they wanted somebody homegrown to take over. And I remember instantly thinking, this is my chance to not lose my music because I was starting to panic during my my last semester. It's like the reality of having to leave a full immersion of, of being in all these musical groups was really hitting me. Mm-hmm. And it was it was scary. And I saw that almost as a lifeline that came out of nowhere. And I decided, I remember I had the conversation with my parents because the first thing was, I thought you wanted to go to law school. And I was like, hey, listen, what's the worst that'll happen? I'll try it for one year. If I don't like it, I'll have some money to help you pay for my law school. Mm-hmm. And 30 years just swallowed me up. I just got, you know, like the rest of us do. We all get sucked into this black hole of the whole dedication, the the thrill of, of teaching kids music, seeing them succeed, the whole family atmosphere in the band room. Uh, it, it It was just all captivating. So that was it. I never looked back. And I don't regret it at all. So that's how I became a band director. Well, that's that's great. Now that you're retired, what are you doing to engage band directors and students and all that? Well, it's it's interesting because one of the things that I was doing while I was teaching band, and I, I did not major in composition, was um, I used to write the uh, the stand tunes that the band would play and, and some of our field music. And I would write uh, arrangements for the, the after school uh, pop group that we had and our jazz band. And I just got into that. So little by little, I guess, as the years went by, it's almost like one career started meshing into the other. Mm-hmm. So that when the first one morphed, the other one was already kind of in play. So I have been very fortunate where I am writing it now that I've retired and my stuff is getting published. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's uh, it's quite a thrill to wake up at two o'clock in the morning with a melody in your head and you have to you have to get up and run <laughs> to the computer and and put it down. Um, it used to be. I just learned how to engrave a year ago. So for 30 years, I was literally writing everything by hand and copying yeah. all the parts yeah. by hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's an intoxicating thrill to be working on something and know that some kid on the other side of the country or the other side of the planet actually is going to be jumping up and down in their seat and forgetting whatever it is that troubled them a few hours earlier mm-hmm. because of something you wrote. And, uh, you know, we've all seen that that effect in our band rooms. We're playing a certain tune and we're standing in front of the kids and we're watching how fired up they are. Right, right. 
And it, it's pretty intoxicating when you know that something that came out of your head is what's doing that. Um, and not not from not from a, a sense of of uh, of achievement. Of course, that's always there, but more from a spiritual sense. It, it's to see kids feeling happiness because mm-hmm. of something that rolled out of your head is really cool. So you so, feel like you feel like you can touch and, a lot of students that way, right? You can touch students who are not near to you through, I, through that. Yeah, way. yeah. Basically, reach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, reach them. So, you said when we were talking earlier, you had a shift at one point in philosophy as you were a teacher, right? Um, yeah. I think we all oh, yeah. go through that. The more that life happens, both good and bad, right? that affects us as teacher, as teachers. And I think we realize the more we teach that we're responsible for the, the kids in more than just a musical way and understanding more of what happened. I, I remember when my first child was born, the first day I was back in the band room, how I looked at every single kid in the band differently, just because I had now had a small baby of my own. And I realized that there was a bigger thing happening here, right? And that they were obviously children of, of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was weird because before I didn't Absolutely. feel I, did, I didn't feel like I wasn't sympathetic before or understanding, but I hadn't I didn't actually have any children of my own. So then, when that actually happened, I felt like I was nicer. Maybe is the right word. Like I I treated them like I would want to treat somebody to treat my own baby as they grow up, and um, so that for me that was a shift to to treat them more like somebody's baby than just a student who's there and I'm trying to teach them music. So I'm really, I'm re- really interested to hear about your, your philosophy, like what it was before and what happened and, and what it is now. Well, you, you, you raised a great point and I'm going to start with what you just said before I actually uh, share what it was that, that shifted me to such a point. And the end result was such a dramatic um, psychological result that I'll share with you. And it's, it's actually rather profound. Um, but going back to what you said that you started treating them and I'm sure you were still intense during rehearsals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's, it's part of, of the, of the craft because intensity becomes infectious. And when you're rehearsing and you're, you're being demanding in a respectful way, obviously you're being demanding and passionate about, uh, what 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 the music is supposed to sound like? The kids feed off that, and they really do love that. Okay. However, there's a way to do it where we are not causing injury, or the biggest thing is damaging the self-esteem of an individual child. Because self-esteem is something that if it gets chipped away at little by little, and we have all gone through this in some setting or another, whether it's with an administrator or some of that we thought was a friend or whatever that 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 chipping away of walking on eggshells and is so and so going to yell at me again specifically and 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 a part of the clinic that I do is I remind directors that when we hire marching band staff for example some of the marching band staff are young energetic you know energetic whippersnappers who march DCI mm-hmm. and excuse me if i'm offending anybody but i'm going to say it that bando commando kind of, of you know uh, mindset and that's not why we're in band 
winning trophies are great, but I'm going to be honest with you. Whenever I go and I do a clinic, and, and again, I'm fortunate that the other part of my career now is I get hired quite a bit to do clinics and travel, and I've been around the country to work with different kids. When I walk into a bedroom and I see all the trophies, I see, first of all, plastic that collects dust, okay? That's the least romantic part of it. The most romantic part of it is not that, wow, your band must be awesome. You must be a fantastic director. No. The awesome part of it is, is that when you see those trophies, you immediately think about kids that spent months sweating together to achieve something really beautiful mm -hmm. under your leadership, which is beautiful, under your loving leadership. I see in my mind kids hugging, kids throwing, you know, Gatorade coolers at each other because they, they did something great. The extrinsic suddenly becomes more intrinsic. And I think that when your students graduate, even the ones that you were tough on, okay, on whom you were tough, excuse me, even those students will take away not the memory of winning the trophy. They're going to take away the, the, the memory of how you made them feel and how you created an atmosphere where they were felt, uh, where they felt welcome, where they felt safe, where they felt that they had friends. That's what they're going to remember. Mm -hmm. And I think that with recruitment, and I've, I've been seeing these comments on some of the forums, oh, you know, all these kids quit and this and that. I get it. It happens. Kids now are so uh, attached to this rectangle that they are used to the, you know, instant gratification. I want something, I can get it right now. Yep. Instead of having to sit up straight, holding an instrument for months. And, it, you know, so I think that if we can tap into giving them what they truly need and desire more than anything else, and that is friendship and acceptance. If they feel like they are in a family that won't let them down, and they've got really close friends there, even if they have friends that quit band in the past, or that are floating around the building uh, in some other sports team. That's, I think, that's the main thing that's gonna keep them there, is creating a family atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not that hard to do. And it, now going back to what you, the, the comment that, or the question that you asked me about, what was it that, that helped me to kind of make a huge transition spiritually and mentally and um to be perfectly honest with you it's 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 a difficult discussion so i'm going to try to say it with a straight face because sometimes sometimes i can talk about it without breaking down and sometimes i can't but um into my 10th year teaching and and again before this happened to my family I was very much in tune with my students. We had a very close relationship. Um, it was me and them. I didn't have much of a staff. There was one year where, uh, two years where I had an assistant director and then funding, I, I lost that. My first three years I was working with somebody, but during the last part of it, it was pretty much me and some peripheral staff, like for the March. came symphonic and jazz and all that it was it was me and the kids and it was a very low social economic area literally some of the instruments that were there were still there when i was a student 10 to 15 years prior mm -hmm. and they were held together with duct tape 
and many of the instruments were held together with my shoelaces. That's the way it was. We didn't have money for anything. If we needed a pair of cymbals, I had to go buy it myself. I, I'm, I was lucky if I had a $5,000 budget per year, mm -hmm. to be honest. And that included marching band. I used to write my own drill until my last two years. So we had a very close relationship already. The kids and I were very tight because we had nothing but each other. And I guess something went right because even without a single kid being able to afford private lessons, they got picked to stuff like Midwest, IAJE. We did the Montreux Jazz Festival. Those were significant achievements that I, I got to hand it to them, not me. I have to hand it to them because teenage kids, you know, a lot of them would rather be on the corner getting into mischief. But yet, if I would call a rehearsal at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, they were there without question. So there was a really deep, loving loyalty there. Now, what happened after that was such a huge transformation for me spiritually that I completely, I did a 180 on the approach to how I would run the band. And here it is, into my 10th year of teaching, um, ninth year of teaching, I, I met my husband, Chad, and um, we, we got married and I, we we had a little boy right away and he was born with some difficulties and but nothing life-threatening and he went to the into a hospital to have his uh feeding tube changed because he had some problems with his jaw so he had trouble uh, swallowing but he was getting therapy for that and during the process of changing out his feeding tube and i don't want to get into too much detail but anyway there was a perforation and um he ended up getting peritonitis he was in the hospital for about 11 and a half months multiple surgeries to try to save him and we had to sell our house our family was sleeping on the hospital room floor we never left him alone for the 11 and a half months that he struggled to survive he was three years old and my daughter was a year a year and a half younger at the time so with our two-year-old child we were sleeping on hospital room floors literally wow. When we finally um, had to let Sean go and come to terms with that loss, I wanted nothing more to do with band, nothing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't care less if a trombone player was out of tune. Why would I care? You know, who cares about superior trophies? Who cares about winning a competition? Who cares about fixing staccatos in the back row? And I remember that the, the, the directors in my state, this is about, about the fourth year after this loss, the loss of my son happened in 2000, about four years later, and I was off the grid. I started getting calls to do clinics. Now, nah, you know, listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I just can't. And they would tell me, oh, yes, you can, and you will. You don't have a choice. We already decided you need to, you need to come back to where you belong. And I'm like, I, th I guess it was survivor's guilt. Hmm. But when I finally did come back, oh my, I took a job teaching at a middle school, the middle school they used to feed into the high school where I taught. So it was my old middle school that I started teaching at my old high school and then ended up getting a job at my old middle school that I attended. 
And I got to be honest with you, the last thing on my mind, Kyle, was having the band sound great or winning competitions or making a superior. My goal was to try and create something where there was never a kid in the building that was lonely. And I think the main reason was, was because it took me back to when my son was born and I knew he had a disability. One of the things I always worried about is, are people going to invite him to play with him? With, with them? Mm -hmm. Is he going to have friends? Is he going to be lonely? That killed me. So I finally saw the opportunity to make sure that it, it and I, the counselors loved that I would do this. I would go up to them. I say, hey, listen, there's a little boy who's sitting in the hallway, like during lunchtime, he'd be with a book by himself leaning. In. I said, who, who, who is that? What grade is he in? Um, can Ian, even if it was an eighth grader, I would say, can, can, can you help me get this student in the band? And I would walk up to the kid and I would say, hey, what's your name? And they would tell me, are you interested in playing an instrument? Well, maybe I thought so, but I was nervous. I, I would always I would get that answer a lot. And then I would start talking to the kid and say, hey, I'll tell you what, why don't you come by and I'll, I'll help you get started. Then I would get the kid's schedule changed. All of a sudden, this child is in band with and making friends. And then I would go out of my way to tell my my officers, hey, listen, new student, can you guys and then I did something else that was kind of crazy, <laughs> but I think outside the box a lot. Um, I decided to get on Craigslist one day and I borrowed my husband's truck and I drove about 30 miles north of my house and I bought a really nice foosball table for the band room. And I brought it back and I did not ask the administration for permission at all. Um, I put it in the band room, then I bought a, a, a mini air hockey table and I bought a mini uh, pool table and then I got bean bags and set them around and by this time my daughter was in the band as well as a sixth grader and it it created this club atmosphere and it was awesome because during lunchtime the kids would eat their lunch really fast run to the van room and I would be sitting there saving eighth graders over the foosball table hmm. and other kids in the band room practicing waiting for their turn to play foosball so hey it's you know i'm not as well practice so there were kids all over the band room practicing and kids on the air hockey table in the beanbag eating lunch we had a rule you could eat lunches long and i drew a, a chalk line if the rappers cross the great seal everyone is banned from the band of the year wow nobody ever broke that let me tell you what happened. The band membership exploded. Counselors were telling me that they had kids begging them to join band. Mm -hmm. My, my re-signing up rate, return rate was astronomical. The only kids that ever quit band were because they had to because of remediation. And then they would show up crying because they had to turn in their instrument. Right. And then I would tell them, those kids, I would tell them, I'll let you be in the after school band, but trial basis one year after that, you gotta, you know, mm -hmm. come back in normally. Um, and Kyle, I will tell you that the transformation was, I'm not even gonna use the word amazing. It was inexplicable because I suddenly I had kids that were practicing to not let each other down. They were practicing because they wanted to get better 
And, and I'm not saying people need a foosball table to want to get better in band. That's not the point. Obviously, kids want to get better, but it, it, it helped the kids that maybe were not so tied to the discipline of practicing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the issue is kids. I don't mean generalized, but because of technology. We're not dealing with the same. Uh, um, type of emotional development as we were a while back. Correct. So if we can offer them something to reach more intrinsically, because then again, you know, honestly, Kyle, do kids sign band because they want to learn their A-flat concert scale? Hmm. <laughs> no, they don't. They join band because they want to learn how to play that beautiful, shiny thing that they became visually attached to, and they want to make friends. Mm-hmm. They want to belong to something. Okay, and then uh, again, and then to boost recruitment. And again, right now, these things I'm talking about have to do with recruitment and retention. Um, Then we'll talk about uh, some more of the musical aspects. So um, one of the other things that I used to do was I would host uh, parties, for example, and especially in the middle school. This works great in the middle school. And I didn't do it so much uh, when when I went back to the high school. But recruiting... like having parties and hosting parties was an incredibly effective thing. For example, Halloween time, I would do a Halloween decorating party and everybody was invited to bring materials, but the rule was no gore. It it couldn't be gory, okay? Skeletons or ghouls or whatever you want. And we would make a creature band in the hallway where other people in the school could see it. And the kids would set up old instruments with you know, and makes stuffed creatures with masks. And it was basically like a ghoul band outside in the hall. And the other kids would stop by. They loved it. And then on Halloween, uh, we would do a, a, a party and I would bring in a, a DJ or I would let the kids DJ and, you know, all the music had to be clean. And then we had the drinks and we had the strobe light and fog machine and I would stand outside the door. And this was the cool thing. I, I would make an announcement for the uh, faculty or the assistant principal announcing that there was a Halloween bash in the Bannerman for the students to please steer clear of the band wing after school when the bell would ring. And all the band kids' backpacks were outside in the hall in a straight line, and they would throw their backpacks down and run inside. And kids that were not in band would walk over because of course they didn't want to stay away from the band wing and they wanted to look inside and i'd be there and instead of saying i'm sorry you can't come in because you're not in band i would say what's your name and they would tell me and i'd say well this this is it's for the band members but if you want to join band i would love to sign you in the band next semester would would you like to play an instrument and then they would say yeah and i already had the list with like you know the name the id number what do you want to play what you know Mm -hmm. and then i would hand that to the assistant principal the enrollment went through the roof right it went through the roof just having a party in the fall and a party in the spring that the whole school knew about so those are some kind of techniques and then one of the other things that i would do and this is the last thing i'll i'll talk about before i go into the musical aspects is i would try to find um community fundraising not fundraising i'm sorry goodwill events to help them raise awareness on helping others yes the, the the food drive but now Every year for the holidays, we would have a big box and we would donate toys. Every child was asked to bring a new unwrapped toy. 
And by the end of it, it was overflowing. And we would drop it off at the hospital. We would take photographs. And the kids felt great about that. So it was one of those things where I also incorporated life lessons, awareness, talking about other people's feelings, kindness. Those were important things that honestly, Kyle, I will tell you, bonded the band together in a very compassionate and uh, community sense. We sincerely appreciate you taking your valuable time and listening to the Growing Band Director podcast. Your students are very lucky to have a band director like you. If you have any suggestions for episode topics or think you have an area of expertise to share on a show with us, please reach out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Growing Band Director. See you next week.